Welcome to the Protector Season 4. A lot of things I like to do is just hit record. And why is because I have an excellent guest today, Jay Newman. He has a background in finance like nobody I've ever met. And the good thing about it is he's coming from outside the world, outside the protector realm, I like to call it. So he's not your typical law enforcement, typical military type background jumping into the thriller world. He's coming from the background of someone who has the knowledge of what really goes on into this dark money, this dark world of financial currency transactions, all global dark stuff. I love it. Jay, welcome to the show. Jason, thank you so much for having me. It's fun to be here. It's great. And I love talking about protagonists. So your protagonist is Greta Webb. So let's talk about the protagonist. Where did you come up with these protagonists, like a CIA operative and someone in the money world? Yeah. So the, um, the, the starting place is I worked with a guy um, who had been in the military when I was back on Wall Street. Uh, and uh, he'd been in the military for about 10 years, then came to Wall Street, made a bit of money, but really didn't like Wall Street. So he went back into the military. Uh, and his name was and is Don. Uh, Don um, uh, uh, Carter is, in fact, uh, the male protagonist in Under Money. Uh, And uh, I really based it on what I could surmise of my friend Don's exploits uh, going around the world, special operations, financial operations, uh, you know, trying to make uh, the world a a safer place, but being cynical and and increasingly upset about uh, how the world, the country and the military are being run. Uh, So that was my starting place. Greta Webb uh, is a... uh, a uh, wonderful, wonderful, scary woman. She uh, never goes anywhere without a knife uh, and a gun. Uh, she's uh, the sort of girl you'd really want to meet, but not want to tangle with. Uh, and uh, they make a great team. Uh, and what they what they seek to do is to get one of their larger uh, cohort elected to higher office so that uh, they can change the world. That's the basic thrust of the book. So they are very idealistic that they could make a change at the ground level. That's pretty cool. Now, what is your, your background is like really kind of complex in the financial world, hedge funds, financial stuff, all sorts of stuff like that, that I haven't heard of on my podcast yet. So let's talk about your background. Uh, so I spent uh, 40 years in finance uh, and most of that investing in developing countries but what I did for the last uh, 25 years, and I'm, I'm, that I'm still doing, um, uh, is to uh, recover bad debts from deadbeat countries. Uh, and this, you know, speaking frankly, has made me somewhat controversial because I'm a big believer in the rule of law. Uh, and a lot of people, uh, you know, give lip service to the rule of law in international finance, but don't really believe in it. Uh, and, but what I did is if I found a country that could pay what it owed and somebody didn't want to, um, I pursued them. And how do you pursue them? Is it like just using the, um, the laws of their country or their investigators or how does that work? Uh, you, well, you, you have to use the, use the legal system, uh, use public suasion. Sometimes you actually just use negotiation, uh, because sometimes, 
countries don't understand that if they don't pay what they owe, they're not going to be an attractive destination for uh, capital. Uh, and uh, but but frankly, if a country is a deadbeat, like for example, Argentina, serial defaulter, doesn't really care about its reputation, doesn't care about um, its attractiveness to foreign investors. You have to fight for every penny that you you uh, extract from Argentina. Now, how did you get into this world? This is something you like, you know, when you're growing up, you're like, you know what? I want to get into finance. I want to move money around. I want to know what the intricacies are. It was um, it was a lot of luck. Um, I grew up. Uh, fortunately, I grew up in a family that liked to travel. Uh, so my parents took us from a very young age traveling uh, around around this country. At one point, uh, they drove us from New Jersey to Managua, Nicaragua. Uh, just drove. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, two summers later, uh, they uh, you know we took a freighter, uh, a Yugoslavian freighter. Uh, landed in, uh, in Naples. Uh, they got a VW bug and we drove out to uh, Ankara and back. So it was, uh, I had a lot of exposure at a very early age to other countries and other cultures. Uh, so when I had the opportunity to work in international finance, I, I jumped at it. Um, and one thing led to another, and that's what I've been doing uh, ever since. Yeah, I like how you say that Jersey to Nicaragua. My parents would drive us from Jersey to like Florida. That was the longest road trip, so we've too. <laughs> How did you get into writing? Was this something that's been on a back burner, and you're like, "Hey, you know what? I'm I've been taking notes for all these years. I finally want to jump into this realm." You know, it's uh, I have been taking notes for a long time. Uh, I just, in fact, came across uh, some notes that I made in college about some possible characters, but but I never really uh, thought about an ex an extended fiction project until I retired. Uh, while I was working, I wrote op-eds occasionally for the FT, for the Wall Street Journal. Uh, uh, and But when I retired, I thought, maybe I'll write something about hedge funds. Uh, but as I started to map it out, I realized that would be a real snooze. I might get you know five people to actually buy a book like that. Uh, so I thought, well, why don't I think about greater truths and things that I really care about uh, in terms of, you know, ideas and art and people and culture uh, and use fiction. Uh, and I just, I, as I mentioned, I started with uh, my friend Don and Don being disaffected and his army buddies and just one word in, you know, in front of the next. Uh, it was, you know, that, you know, that mundane. You know, writing, I've had so many awesome authors on. I'm looking forward to this book. And how did you do your research besides your buddy? How did you get into world like, you know, CIA operatives and how the dirty money works around? Is it because of your background in that? Uh, a large part of that, because what the nice thing about working at a hedge fund is you're you're paid to especially what I was doing with international finance. I was I was paid. I was charged with going around the world to try to figure out whether investments were going to be good or bad. Uh, and in the course of that, I went to lots of countries some upstanding, some not upstanding. And I met lots of people, same there, some crooks, some, uh, some thugs, uh, most, you know, completely honest. And, but you had to sort, often it was not easy to sort out the, the good guys from the bad guys. Uh, and the bad guys were going to take your money and, uh, you know, never give it back. So, uh, so I had the opportunity to meet a lot of different people. And 
pieces of all of those people show up in Undermoney. Yeah, you know, reading the the cover of it, and you're like, wow, this is kind of an interesting book because I'll probably learn something as I'm reading it. Because that's one thing I I love fiction books, and I love the authors who have the background in what they're writing because I learn a little bit here and there about what's going on. But for the audience out there, what is a hedge fund? A uh, hedge fund is an investment fund that is not constrained in terms of what it can do. So it can invest in anything, anywhere, anytime. It can invest in in dollars, in euros, in stocks, in bonds, in crypto, in blockchain, uh, in real estate. Any anything that a hedge fund wants to do, it can do. Some are more constrained, but it's basically an unconstrained uh, investment vehicle. Uh, and that's and that's why I thought the the as a plot device, a a hedge fund would be the ideal um, uh, vehicle for my characters because. What they figured out uh, very early on in the, you know, in the, in the book uh, is that in order to get anyone elected to higher office, you need money and you need a lot of money. So they kind of stumble into this hedge fund and then they realize that it's completely corrupt. Nothing it does is honest. Everything, every dollar it earns is based on making things happen in different places or knowing what's going to happen in advance and profiting from that. So the the uh, the evil the, the villain the villainous character and by the way I, you know I think all the characters in the book are heroic in their own way but not heroes per se but there is one true villain and that's the guy who runs this hedge fund Elias Vicker. Okay, Elias here because when I was reading a quick intro on it, I was thinking Elias Vicker was like one of the protagonists, and that uh, you always need a good antagonist. So where did you where did you come up with the storyline of Elias Vicker? Is he something like kind of a conglomerate of people you've kind of tracked over the past forty years, twenty five you know, years? Yeah, a- absolutely. The um, you know most hedge funds are I say ninety nine point nine percent are completely above board and straightforward uh, business people. But it's the, it's the crooks that are interesting and it's the crooks that enable us to explore ideas. People like uh, Bernie Madoff and, uh, and uh, Alan uh, Stanford and uh, the guy with one MDB who looted the Malaysian pension fund, uh, Joe Lowe. Uh, it's, it's the crooks that really give us an opportunity to explore new ideas and how money really flows. Uh, so I needed a, I needed a, a truly villainous character, and this guy is uh, is that. Um, and um, in in the course of it, in thinking about um, what I was really writing, I, I I realized I was writing about flows of money that are invisible, but that control people and, and events. Uh, and I came upon the word under money. By the way, under money, I believe, uh, you'll tell me if I'm wrong about this, is a new word in the English language. But my goal for our conversation and for people who read under money is that not a day will go by that they don't look at something happening in the world that they don't understand and they say it must be under money. So let me, I'm, I'm going on, but let me just give you the def- definition. So it's under money uh, came from a visit that we had from uh, my son lived in Japan for a while and he befriended this restaurateur. And he, the guy came to New York, Asawasano, came to New York. We t- took him to dinner and I asked him, <clears throat> is opening a restaurant in New York different from opening one in Tokyo? And he said, no. And he rubbed his fingers together in the universal sign of money and then shoved them under the table and said, 
under money. And we all, you know, the minute you hear the word under money, you, I mean, we all know what that means. It means corruption on a small scale, on a big scale, but it's money that we don't see that controls people and events. And that is something in the criminal world, the investigative world, we know a lot about it because that's, you know, growing up, I used to think there was a lot of corrupt countries out there. And the more I grew, the more I get closer to 50, I'm like, wow, there is a lot of under money out there, a lot of under money activity going on. And that's in the, the civilian world, the private sector and everywhere. There's a lot of under money. But the book is called Under Money by Jay Newman, and it's out. And you really have to pick it up. I'm going to start reading this because I want to I want to learn something. I just learned something today. Under Money. So there we go. Jay, I appreciate you coming on the show. It's it's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Hey, you need to check out FaradayDefense.com. Shop FaradayDefense.com. I was able to link up with them at SHOT Show. And their products are top-notch. Now, I already have two. I have their, their dry bag, and I have a Faraday sleeve. I love them. They prevent anything I have from being hacked or any other in electronic pulses. But their gear and everything is just top-notch. Please check out shopfaradaydefense.com. They are available online, and they have all sorts of protective products for your electronic goods. I also want you to check out Health to the Rescue. Right now, it is right in the middle of flu season. Things are going crazy. Your natural immunity is out of whack because there's no sun. Get your vitamin D. Now, check it out. Health to the Rescue not only supplies U.S.-made supplements, but they donate $5 from every bottle they sell to fight human trafficking.